When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good Saturday evening, everybody. 30-13 to 13, Tennessee, a winner over Austin P. Uh, winning the home opener, but I think we can all agree that it wasn't all that pretty. But a win's a win. That's what Josh Hobble said postgame. I'm Eric Kane alongside Austin Price and Brent Hubbs. Uh, Brent, we'll start with you. It was really, really ugly at times. Tennessee did take control of this football game in the second half. It was never in doubt. But it just didn't look good. And there's a whole lot to clean up and not a whole lot of time to do it as uh, you hit the road next week at your rival and Southeastern Conference play begins. Well, yeah, I mean, put, you know, put one away, put it behind you and, and go on to the SEC is, is yeah. kind of how you look at it. Um, this was not what anybody had in mind, obviously, but uh, Tennessee won. I don't think they got anybody hurt. And whether you won 63-3 to or whether you barely won or whatever, you chalk it up and you, and you move on to Florida. Florida's going to be a different animal. Uh, you knew it was going to be that way. And uh, Tennessee's got to go get some work done on the practice field. But more importantly, Austin, they've got to take whatever they're getting done on the practice field on the offensive side of the ball to the game field better than they've taken it, particularly in the passing game, the first two weeks. I mean, I said that going into the season. Like, Joe has been awesome on the driving range, but can he take it to the first tee? And, you know, I mean, again tonight, I mean, some drops. Some bad bad balls where, you know, he put the receiver in a tough spot. And, you know, then they go to the short game, and you're sitting here reading me the stats. I mean. <laughs> 10 of 14 at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, behind the line of scrimmage is 10 of 11 yeah. for 112 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. I mean, they didn't, they didn't push it down the field at all and didn't try. A couple of times they did actually try, try to look to take a shot. Protection didn't hold up, and Joe got obliterated. Now, one time he got obliterated and, and got hit and bounced off of him, spun out, and that's when he rolled out. That was actually a nice play by Joe, and then he hit um, Thornton. Dante Thornton in the hands, and he dropped it. Never saw Thornton again. Thornton did not play in the second half. No, and so we'll see what's going on. I mean, I, I said this in the two-minute drill. If you'd have told me going into week three, Dante Thornton would have, what, one catch in, in – in two games for Tennessee, just been a non-factor. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see where where that is moving forward. I do think that this, as crazy as, as it sounds, and I didn't realize this going in probably, this was a better test for Tennessee's than offensive Virginia. front than Virginia because Austin P did so many things multiple. They 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 brought blitzes. They they jumped and moved around and did a lot of different things. I give Austin P's coaching staff credit. They had a solid plan on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And um that they caused Tennessee's offensive line some problems with different looks, blitzes and different things like that, which I think is important for Tennessee to see some of that stuff before you get ready to go play next week. No, I agree. Uh you definitely want to see some of that stuff because I mean if <laughs> You think you've seen anything the last couple couple weeks? I mean, it's going to be you know magnified on the road, crowd noise, better opponents, better athletes. I mean, Florida, you know, Florida's not very good in my opinion, but it's going to be a tough place to play, and they've got they got good athletes, and so it's good to get those looks. Um, I do think something Tennessee did very well, obviously last week and, and tonight, still ran the ball pretty well. I thought Jalen Wright again over 100 yards, averaging nine yards a carry. We said he wouldn't do it again this season. He's done it two two weeks in a row. Jabari Small had a nice day. 
Uh, Tennessee could have lined up and ran the football the entire game, but wanted to try to work on some things, but ultimately uh, weren't able to push the ball down the field, but the run game was always there. Well, I mean, they, they ran the football fine. Um, they, you know, this is not a great – I mean, Austin P dressed out half as many players as Tennessee dressed out, you know. Um, and Austin P was in the football game in the fourth quarter. So yeah. that, that's, a, that's, dis, you know, that's disappointing for, for Tennessee and, and where they are. Um, I'll be curious to see if Florida thinks, you know, if they can bring an extra safety into the box. So at some point, isn't somebody going to dare Tennessee to throw it over their head? They got to, yeah. And then it boils down to can you can yeah, they block it? Can they block it? Well, and then can they do these it? These first two games, they have not, you know, whatsoever. Um, but at some point, they got to. Well, and, and again, say I mean, Joe Milton, you, you win the game, Joe Milton. Now here's the thing: does Florida think they can line up and stop Tennessee's run game without committing extra people to the box? Then we'll see if that if they think that that I'm not sure they can. Uh, but that'll be an interesting matchup. At some point, I think that somebody's going to say, let's just put it completely on Joe Milton's shoulders and see what he can do. And he's going to have to go out and play better, and he's going to go out and prove it. And, you know, there's a lot of things in this offense that I don't completely understand. Uh, I don't know what all the route, you know, reads are. I don't know if the receiver's reading it the same as Mm -hmm. Joe is all the time. Uh, It felt like tonight Joe was just not seeing it as well as he did in, in in the first game, he was late. I felt like he was late with the ball more yeah. to that tonight than he was in Week One against Virginia. I would agree with that. And, you know, we were talking awesome, me, you, and Grant. And Grant made the joke in the first half that Joe Milton started one for seven, but has twelve drops. And sure, there were some there were some balls that the receivers did not help him out. I did not think the receivers played well tonight, but Joe was still inaccurate on a lot of those throws, like that one to Brew McCoy, um, kind of behind him a little bit. You know, Dante Thornton should have had it. Um, if he would have led, I forgot which one, you know, here in the south end zone, um, it, w- it was kind of on the hip. But if it was out in front, that would have been a, a walk-in touchdown. Yeah. Point is, Joe Milton was not accurate tonight, but the receivers didn't help him at all. Yeah, but these games, and again, this goes back to quarterback play, and, and I, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer and, and beat up on Joe and all that stuff. I saw that gift. Uh, I know, but. I read the war room. At, at some point in time. For for Joe to take that step, that the ball doesn't need to be in the zip in the zip code for the receiver to have to make a tough catch. It's got to hit him in stride and go. Yeah. If he hits Castles in stride on the first one, Castles might have scored in the first quarter. You know he had he had Milton or a Brew McCoy, you know hit him in stride. I mean it, it you know everything feels hard right now for the receivers to catch the ball. Nothing feels like it's even the one brew caught for a twenty yard gain. He had to slide and make the catch. Yeah, like nothing feels easy. It feels like it feels like he's fighting it all the time. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, to keep it in the golf analogy, it feels like you're having to continually get up and down for par all the time. You're yeah. never hitting greens in regulation. You're not. You don't have you know easy two putt pars. Like it's it's just it's a, it's a struggle. And I mean, you know, I mean, listen, I mean. We said going in that things would have to go terribly wrong to not see Nico Iamali Alva tonight. <laughs> we didn't see Nico, Nico at all because Tennessee won thirty to thirteen. Yeah, and, and it, you know, and had a goal line stand to keep it from I mean, being thirty to twenty. I mean, think about it, from a development standpoint. That was no, one of no, the no, no Caleb Webb, no Chaz Nemer. I mean. These are games that those guys are like, no. okay, this is my time to eat. No, right. no Ricky Gibson, Jordan Matthews, John Slaughter, Caleb Herring. I don't know if he played at all. He, played, sure he, he played some. But yeah. not an awful lot. I mean, the, what a missed opportunity. And Well, and now I will say this. You're right. On the offensive side of the ball, huge missed opportunity. You didn't get Ethan Davis in the game, right? 
You didn't play a young offensive lineman. You didn't play any of those. I, I will give Tim Banks credit, other than safety. Um, they you, played. They they played. They, they played Jeremiah T. Lander a, a, a bunch. They because played Caleb Harris. They played Davin Hobbs a, a bunch did. in this game. So they stayed pretty true to and what they did. Cor- and rotated one. their corners. Yeah, and they rotated their corners. They didn't rotate them with freshmen, yeah. but they rotated with the number two guys because Gabe Judy Lolly played quite a bit. Warren Burrell played. They had Brandon yeah. Turnage on the field at star. So they continued to play with the depth that they were trying mm-hmm. to build. Offensively, they just weren't able to get there. I mean, the whole time they were like, we got to get the number ones in some kind of rhythm before yeah. we can think about playing and, somebody and, else. And I don't, I mean, I'll, I mean, you had to. Like, you, I don't, I don't doubt them at all for that. Or I don't blame them at all for that. You know, Joe Milton playing deep in the fourth quarter with his number one offense. You didn't deserve to come off the field. You, you got to try to figure some things out at linebacker. You got to play those guys. You, you have no choice at this point. It was good to see. I mean, T. Leonard got a whole lot of snaps, like you said, and that was that was really good to see. Again, awesome P. FCS team. Boy, Aaron Beasley had a good game. He had a really good game. He was like a shot out of a can and a couple of sacks. Five Aaron Beasley's just good, man. Yeah. I mean, he. he He's a guy that's older, has developed, and I mean, he's a know. really good football player. He's gotten which better. is what he was coming in. That's why he literally has played literally every position. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like he's just kind of smart and 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 a good athlete. I mean, not the fastest guy, but you know, at the same time, like for the linebacker position, he is like maybe not someone when they had him safety or running back early on. Good vision sees sees yeah. things developing. You can tell he studies a lot of film because mm-hmm. he puts himself in position to make a lot of plays in the open field. I mean, he, he was he was dynamite on some of that screen stuff and reading that early in the game. You knew he he knew what was coming because of his preparation. He 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 really has developed into a really good college football player. Officiating that was not great. It's not well, the reason. It's not the reason Tennessee played like crap. Tennessee played like crap just because it was a bad night for him. Um, Asked Josh Heupel what he liked about the McCallan Castles touchdown, about Bruce McCoy blocking. Loved it. Loves the aggressiveness of his, his wide receivers. I followed up by saying, do you think that aggressiveness is a reason you guys got flat a couple of times holding? And they shut down the press conference. He, he, he declined the answer because he didn't want to He didn't want to uh, say something uh, that will get in trouble. So I think that kind of shows what he thought about that. He will send in multiple plays to the league office this week. There were uh, drive killers. Those holding penalties, drive killers. Well, yeah, I mean, was, now, now a couple awful. of them were legit. I mean, I, I don't think all of them were bad. Brew McCoy's but, wasn't, but but the you know the one down here they got them on the offensive pass interference. They flirt with that penalty every play. They do when they called McCoy for the hold out there. They could have called offensive pass interference again on the other side because McCoy was clearly blocking before the receiver ever caught the ball. And that they flirt with that every every, every play, single every time. lateral play. They flirt with that, but I, I mean. You had a pylon out there where Warren Burrell got tackled on the punt return, and you just kind of let him just roughhouse him, beat him around, and, and walked and then, away from that. And room. then we almost had a melee, and at bare minimum, you should have thrown personal fouls on both teams right. and kind of got you did, control you of the game. Nothing, you did nothing. Yeah, you did nothing to <laughs> he, get control there. You, you had a third and five down here on the goal line, and, and just obvious de- defensive pass interference on Austin Fee. Didn't call it after they flagged Kamal Haddon three times, which one of them was legit. Well, and I I'm agree gonna, with. I'm going to say this. Cabal Haddon, and somebody pointed this out on the board last week, and I was like, hey, you know, he, he really did a good job seeing the ball, even though his back was to the ball, he played it well against Virginia. But, hey, if he doesn't turn his head, how many times is Florida going to underthrow a deep route Saturday, next Saturday, mm-hmm. to see if Kamal Haddon will run through the receiver for a 15-yard penalty, if it's third and seven yep. or third and eight? I mean, until he shows he's not going not to do that, 
teams are going to start to pick on him doing those types of things. I can't wait to, to look at the stats on PFF about how many times he was targeted and all that type of stuff because they were, they were going after him. He plays the hands. It worked out well against Virginia a couple times. Tonight he got flagged once because he didn't stop, to your point. And then the one interception he had – Turns around, sees ball, gets ball. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, good things happen, yeah. right? He played, he played, he played that one perfectly. So, yeah. again, I mean, if you would have won sixty-three to three, like I thought they would, what's the carryover? Other than we're t- sitting here talking about a bunch of young players showing up and doing some things, um, the reality is Tennessee has got to play much better than they played tonight. Uh, they've got to play much better in the passing game than what they've done the first two weeks if this team's going to reach their potential. We'll, we'll revisit it next Saturday night. But I'm going to go ahead to, to, to put my positive spin on it here, to put lipstick on the pig. <laughs> I'm going to say, say this was the best thing that could have happened to Tennessee from a standpoint of, like, if you win 63-3, to I think they're probably a double-digit point favorite at Florida next week. I don't think that's going to be the case anymore, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Like, you know, you go in there as a double-digit point favorite, a place you've not won in 20 years, all the pressure's on Tennessee, and it still is to a degree, right? But at the same time, like, they're not going to be a double-digit point favorite against Florida now. No. And so, like, I think, you know, kind of, you know, Refocus them and, and and see what happens again. At next next Saturday night, they may play like dud again, and Florida wins, and we're sitting there going, well, "It didn't matter." But here's my question about that. I, I think you make a great point. You're right. Here's my thing: is does everybody on the offensive side of the football in that locker room truly recognize this wasn't good enough, or was it just, "Man, eh, we didn't have our best night, and we're good"? So, somebody needs to say, "You know what, guys." This isn't good enough. And you hope that's happening behind the scenes. You hope that's happening. Because I understand putting put on a good face yeah. in, the, in the press conference. I don't, I don't put any stock in a Joe Milton quote at the press conference about how he played or didn't play. That, that, I don't read anything into that. My thing is after you watch the film on Sunday and you get back, who in that room stands up and says, fellas, th- what we're doing right now in the passing game isn't good enough. It's yeah. got to be better at all levels. The pass protection's got to be better so you can take more shots. You're going to have to do a better job getting open out there. Mm-hmm. Joe, you're going to have to complete more balls. Because if I'm a receiver, I'm probably going to Joe Milton going, you need to stop talking about us not playing hard. Because yeah. that's two weeks in a row he's talked about, well, you know, guys got to get, you know, you got you can't take plays off, whatever. you got to deliver the ball better too, bud. It's where, it's where you miss Cooper Mays. You want Cooper Mays. He's around. He's a part of the team. He's getting back into it and everything. But you want Cooper Mays in that huddle. You want Cooper Mays leading that film session because that's the guy, Austin, that if nobody will say it, he'll say it. Yeah, and we'll see where he's at. Yep, I mean he he dressed out tonight. He did not dress out last week. You know, like little things incrementally are, are trending towards him playing. Now, does he play next week? I don't know. I would say I, I would I would call it a near lock. He's back by South Carolina. I think next week's fifty fifty. I think we should kind of wrap this up. At least let me. I'll say my thoughts, and then you, you guys jump in. Like, I, you know, tonight was. It was gross. It was hard to watch. I mean, it was bad at times. Um, is there any reason to absolutely panic and think that the season's over and everybody sucks? No, I, I, I don't think that. Um, but boy, you got to fix a couple things in a hurry, and it's not going to get easier next week because again, you have a true road game. Uh, Tennessee can go down and win in the swamp, and it won't surprise me at all. Uh, but this week's got to be a really good week of practice. You got to respond the right way. You got to have those uh, those tough conversations watching the film. You know, before you head to, to your rival. Well, and it's, and, to, and to take Austin's point, I mean, you got to take it from the practice field to the game field. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can't have 
you know, 50 yards worth of penalties or 70 yards, whatever it ended up being, particularly on the offensive side because those are drive killers. You can't extend drives by plays. Now, some of that, I mean, the, the, the penalty on Omar Norman Locke was just absurd, okay? Uh, so some of that's not on them. Some of that was a bad night by the by the officiating crew. But you can't have drive-killing penalties, the holds and things like Two that. Two false starts from your best um, offensive line. Yeah, you just can't do some yeah. of the things that they, that they did. They've got to clean it up. And, and they've got to go play. And they've got to go translate it from the practice field to the game field and, and produce. And that's the bottom line. That's where it's at. It's, it's, it's you know, kind of put up. Time to show up and see what you can do because it gets, it gets real. It gets much more real because, as we saw, Virginia today struggled. I don't even know if they ended up winning or not. Or, or not win. They won that game against James Madison, but they struggled early. They're not very good. Austin Peay, kudos to how hard they played and their coaching staff for a plan. They're not very good. Yeah. This game should have never been this close, so we'll see where Tennessee's at next week. Is Florida playing right now? McNeese, McNeese State, right? Yeah, yeah. It, was, they, it was 40 to nothing. Yeah, they're, 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 they're absolutely so cruising. Doing what they should do in a absolutely. game Absolutely. Like <laughs> well, anyway, again, Josh Apple opened up the press conference. I'm sure he's not happy, but he'd say a win is a win. Tennessee got a win. Tennessee is 2-0. and And uh, here, here's where it is. Tennessee, Florida in the swap next week, and we'll continue to break this one down, look ahead to Tennessee and Florida. And uh, we'll do it all this week, starting with all of our post-game coverage and, of course, the Rocky Top Rewind. Uh, big big guest coming on. Andy Staples is going to join us, as well as uh, some other uh, good uh, Florida beat riders to kind of give us a, a look ahead to the Florida Gators. All that's coming up on the Rocky Top Rewind Sunday night at 8 o'clock. For Brent Hubs, Austin Price, I'm Eric Kane. Tennessee, a 30-13 winner over Austin P in the Needland Stadium opener here on a Saturday night.